What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, JC, Laker Nation, hard to believe that the Lakers are celebrating a 25-point win over the Sacramento Kings, finally with some positive momentum in their in the positive direction for this club, despite losing LeBron James for the most indefinite period of time, probably about 7 to 10 days for LeBron James, unless something dramatic changes due to health and safety protocols, JC. When that happened... Everybody just said, oh, shit, here we go again. This team will never be able to come together. And through the first half of this game, JC, they were right. The Lakers looked like utter garbage. And apparently Frank Vogel lit into this team at halftime. Something happened. They drank the jungle juice. I don't know what went down in that locker room, man. But in the second half, Lakers were a different team. Best half of the season wound up being the best win of the season. I mean, they were down by nine at halftime, wound up winning by 25. Absolutely ridiculous. Love to see it. And hopefully now finally the Lakers can start making some level of tangible progress here despite being without LeBron James. JC, the Ethos Lakers show, we are back. We are back together. You texted me after this game and you said, I kind of can't believe that just happened. And that's what we were talking about just before we started this evening. I still kind of can't believe that happened. Yeah, watching that first half was just brutal. Like as many dunks as they gave up to to Me Too and um, just layup after layup and they just – like like listless is a word that we've been saying over and over again about this team this season. And I was just like, I can't watch any more of this. It's so frustrating. And then straight out the second half. Rashawn <laughs> Holmes was 12 of 13 in this game. Me too was 7 of 10. I mean, a combined 19 of 23 is ridiculous. Those guys just ate up the Lakers, to your point. But in the second half, JC, the Lakers just, I mean, they outscored the Kings 67 to 33 in the second half. It was an absolute destruction. Yeah, it was it was great to see the defense. Even in that second half, they were still giving up some dunks to some of the the Kings big men. But yeah, I mean they just kind of keyed in on and I mean it was just you could see the defense was just all effort. Like they were actually putting up effort. They were going after the rebounds, they were forcing misses. That's 
really all it takes. And you might be referencing, uh, you might be talking about soon an article about Anthony, uh, with Anthony Davis where he might have said something to that effect about their effort. I mean, imagine that. It's what we've been sitting here sort of lamenting all season, not just the two of us, JC, but everybody who subscribes to the Lakers in terms of they call their basketball team du jour of choice. This is what we have wanted to see. It's not the losing, it's how they have lost games, both in terms of blowing leads late. And that's one of the things that had us sort of in disbelief is, you know, once the Lakers sort of took control of this game late third quarter, especially beginning of the fourth quarter, we kind of said, oh, man, I don't know. I've seen this script before. They're going to blow it somehow, right? That's literally what happened against the Kings just several days prior to that in that ridiculous three-overtime game. But instead, the Lakers put their, their pedal to the metal, JC, and they really put their stamp on this game. Obviously, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook were, you know, the two standout performers. But along with them, JC, Malik Monk, continues to be an unbelievable asset for this team. He has just been a wonderful, wonderful addition. He is clearly starting to find his groove with this team. He is clearly somebody who will need to help this team in the absence of LeBron James in particular. And just in general, JC, because they don't have a player like this who can just be that that scorer out there. Even, even Carmelo at this stage of his career, he'll have nights. But Monk is, has the capability of being more consistent. And the fact that the Lakers got this guy on the veterans minimum, JC, that is the steal of the offseason to me. Yeah, some people might be, might think there's sort of a duplication of uh, position with Ellington and Monk, but Monk is infinitely more versatile than, than Ellington. Ellington pretty much is just going to be good for spotting up from three. Every now and then he'll 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 get hit for a layup that LeBron will just see him on a great pass on like he did the other night, not against Kings, but the game before. And But yeah, Monk plays with that effort. He's... He can be kind of a streaky shooter, but he, when he's on, he's definitely on. When he he rides that confidence and in, in what he can do, um, and when he plays with Russ, yeah, I talked about it earlier in the season how the both of them could make up make one of the most athletic backcourts in the league. Monk can jump out of the gym. He's uh, yeah, he's been really good for them. Throw, throwing out a dud that he had in the win versus Detroit, where he barely came to play. The last three of the four games, he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's he's got 17-plus in all three games. He's shooting better from 50% from the field in all three games, better than 50% from behind – or at least 50% from behind the three-point line in all three games, better in two of them. I mean, he has been somebody who has been just spectacular for this Lakers team, and, it's, and, it go, and it cannot go without saying that. You know, there's some level of conversation to be had right now where do you put Malik Monk in the starting lineup? And as much as you might like that firepower coming off the bench, J.C., I am certainly very, very, very tempted to put Monk into that starting five. Are you there with me, or do you like him coming off the bench? No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I think Avery Bradley is good for the defense that he's been playing. But I think once Ariza comes back, you can focus on having a more defensive-oriented second unit with, with Carmelo being the main offensive focus, and then you've got – Bradley and Ariza out there for wing defense and then that's sort of how you can get rest between rest for LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and Russell Westbrook so this 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 game JC it was just it was full of fascinating things especially in the second half but in terms of how the overall productivity and sort of playing time shook out you look up and down at this team and there was a period of time a very short period of time as a matter of fact that DeAndre Jordan was part of this game he was pulled out in the first quarter, J.C., around the seven-minute mark. Dwight Howard came in far earlier than his usual calling card time. And, you know, the broadcast made a point of talking about it. 
And then Frank Vogel said something to DeAndre Jordan when he came out, and we didn't see him for the rest of the game. Now, I still don't know exactly what that conversation was, but clearly this DeAndre Jordan piece is not working. As long as he can't move laterally, as long as he is unwilling to challenge shots defensively, he cannot be out there just to be a rebounder. And if that's the only purpose he's going to be out there for, then he really has no purpose on his team. I would not be surprised to see Dwight Howard take his spot in the starting lineup before the next game. I would not be surprised to see him waived in favor of the Lakers signing a wing, especially right now without Kendrick Nunn available still to this to this day. So that, those are the things that are kind of on my mind as the Lakers move forward here. Do you think DeAndre Jordan is long for this team? Yeah, earlier in the season, I would have disagreed with you a little bit because I felt like in his limited amount of minutes, he was putting forth a good re- good effort. He's rebounding. He's blocking blocking the occasional shot. And Dwight Howard hasn't been playing that impressive to me, hadn't been imp- playing that impressive to me up until that point. Um, certainly not with the hunger that he had when he was playing on, on a non-guaranteed contract in the championship year. And so because of that, I would have been like, yeah, you don't really have a choice but to keep DeAndre Jordan out there. But, yeah, lately you can definitely make a case for, I don't know, if somebody got in Dwight Howard's ear and kind of pointed out the fact that he's not playing the way he was when he was playing on a non-guaranteed contract. If he if he can duplicate the sort of effort that he had last night, 35 minutes is probably a little bit of a stretch. He, he came off the bench, but he grabbed 13 rebounds, blocked two shots, most importantly, only four fouls in 35 minutes. So that's huge for Dwight Howard if he's not going to foul too much and if he's not going to get into too many of the extracurricular shenanigans that he's been doing lately. Like he's, that's not that's never been who he's been in his career. I don't know why he thinks that's who he is now. Um, he just needs to be as close to what he was in his career before. And yeah, he should definitely be the starter if he's going to play that way. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I mean, I think as long as this team is committed to using its size in some way, shape, or form in terms of impacting the starting lineup, then Dwight Howard is definitely a better option than DeAndre Jordan. And You know, I kind of got cute on Twitter like I always do, JC. You know how I like to roll. And after the game last night, I had this little, had this little tweet going from our account that said, wave DJ and sign a wing and start Dwight and start Malik. Put that on a T-shirt, you know, like those and, 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 and ones, right? And so I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm sort of championing for Malik and Dwight to join the starting five. And I'm all for waving DJ in favor of signing wing JC. I'm all for it. But just before the show started, I looked up, you know, sort of what's even available right now. I mean, besides somebody you're going to sign out of like the Euro League that, you know, nobody here has ever heard of and, you know, isn't going to come in and just sort of take a rotation spot for the Lakers, right? Like who is really a free agent right now? 
that could come in and say, oh, the Lakers could just plug this guy in, no problem. And you look up and down the list, JC, and it's like absolutely disgusting. So I think the idea of it is wonderful. But in reality, man, I would I, I don't know what this Lakers team could potentially do in free agency at this point in the season that would really credibly impact this team. Yeah, I mean, they yeah they don't have a lot of pieces to to go into the trade market with. I think I think the one benefit of the Alex Caruso fiasco is that I think the Lakers should realize like they should never cut bait on their young superstars like that again. Like maybe Austin Reeves is a tradable piece, and some team might want him, but hold on to him for a little bit, see what he can develop, especially. Alex Caruso himself uh, went, I forgot where he was quoted, but he's basically saying like, yeah, Austin is further along in his career as a rookie than I was. And so that should tell you everything you need to know that, that the Lakers should hold on to him. So yeah, they don't have a lot of pieces to, to partake with. Like the only piece that I think is maybe tradable in that just cause he's been injured and you haven't really seen him and he's proven value elsewhere is Kendrick Nunn. Um, but I don't really know if that's even feasible because of the injury he's had. Well, I think he's going to have to get on a court before anyone sees any value in any kind of contract that he signed, no matter what the perceived potential bargain is. And I'm curious yeah. to what his role is going to be on this team, because by the time he gets back, it's going to be uh, a lot of people playing minutes that they've earned at that point, especially at his position. So we shall yeah. see how it shakes out for Mr. Nunn. That said, I don't disagree with you in terms of tradable pieces. The Lakers don't really have any. And, you know, I'm going to play the devil's, devil's side a little bit right just because the lakers have done a wonderful job drafting and developing talent over the last several years beginning with you know sort of the julius randall jordan clarkson era if you will and over that time they've been forced to you know they've, they've had their hand forced in making certain decisions whether those are right wrong or valid invalid whatever you want to say they've had to make certain decisions because you just can't keep everybody right but at the same time, I, I do agree that I, I'm curious in what Austin Reeves can bring to the table, especially given the fact that he was able to earn minutes right away on this team. And confidence, which is such a big thing for young players. They're not scared of the moment. He doesn't mind playing with LeBron, et cetera, et cetera. That's a huge piece, especially if you're playing for the Lakers. You're also right in saying that this team has absolutely no trade pieces. I mean, literally, there is there is really no one on this roster that's tradable, both in terms of the contract that they've signed and also just the construction of this team. So if the Lakers are going to improve from the outward bound lens, it's going to have to be with a scenario that, you know, just heretofore hasn't necessarily prompted itself and what i mean by that is you know there's always going to be some surprise where some team buys out a player or requests waivers on a player or just you know player demands that he wants to go to a playoff contender whatever it may be but the lakers can't afford to wait too long because it's an immediate need so i'm curious to see how it all shakes out one of the other yeah, things even the buyout market like some people speculated that beginning of the season maybe kevin love would be available with cleveland's a playoff team right now and so and he's and Kevin Love has been valuable to those young guys, and so yeah, it, it, that doesn't seem as likely anymore. And and yeah, you don't even really hear any rumors of who could potentially be on a buyout market. And you usually start to hear those. Maybe it's a little early, maybe around Christmas time. Those those will start to heat up, but you, there's like nothing in in the rumorville right now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we're gonna hear anything along those lines for a little while in terms of the amount of time. 
that said, man, I think the Lakers really have to figure out a way in which they can improve, you know, in the short term, but also for the long run. Because the reality is this is a need that's going to be there now, but it's also going to be there later. Like, yes, eventually Trevor Ariza is going to come back. And, like, how many times can we sit here and say, like, Trevor Ariza this, Trevor Ariza that? Like, I think Trevor Ariza is still a fine player at this stage of his career. But come on, man. Like, he can't be that important to a team that has these three guys in, in Russ, AD, and LeBron. Like, you can't just keep pointing to that. So it's definitely yeah, – I, yeah, I, I pointed out on Twitter, I was like, when, when LeBron came back, with the exception of Reeves, I was like, this is the team. Like, I'm not expecting a lot out of Ariza. And when Reeves comes back, he's not going to play as many minutes once the team is completely whole. So, like, right. this like, is the team. What, Now's what, the time to buckle up. Like, suddenly make this team a top 10 defensive team and, you know, be defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, all these things that, you know, after 35 years old, like, there's just, there's no way that's going to happen. And again, I love Trevor Ariza. I love that he's back on the Lakers. I think it's just a cool story. But, you know, he, he's he's an improvement from Jared Dudley in terms of, you know, what what he brings to the court. But it's not like, you know, it's not like you're, you're bringing in 27-year-old Trevor Ariza here. So I just think that, that his arrival to the team is being a little bit oversold, which is, you know, in part because the Lakers are so thin at the position. And if Ken Bazemore can only get on the court for garbage time, which is, don't get me wrong, basically what, what he deserves right now in terms of what he's been bringing to the table – then, you know, this is going to be something the Lakers have to face and, and play from a deficit. And so part of part of playing from a deficit, JC, is, you know, an increase in leadership. And a lot of the times that can be, you know, in, in just the locker room, but other times it has to be, you know, on the court. Ideally, it's a combination of both. And with LeBron James out of the lineup, that's, you know, that's, I think, become an amplified question for the Lakers, especially because they haven't necessarily, you know, been a very vocal team this year, despite their struggles in terms of, you know, who's, who's sort of taking the torch. And now today we have this article drop that you mentioned earlier with Chris Haynes and Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis sitting here saying, he's just, you know, quote, I'm just taking that next step in leadership to my career. I'm going to lead the team my way. I'm trying to be one of the guys to express how he feels in the locker room. Rondo, Mello, Russ have all been encouraging me to use my voice because I'm normally a really quiet guy when I'm playing. And the only time I really talk is when I get tipped over the edge. But they've been telling me to use your voice, use your voice. So I think that's interesting, man, because, you know, we, we, we think about the Lakers. And obviously, as, Le- as long as LeBron James is associated with his team, like it's going to be LeBron's Lakers. But the reality is this is really a team that's going to be built around Anthony Davis because that's the player who's in his prime, who's at this point in his career playing for the Lakers. And hopefully for the rest of his career, he's playing for the Lakers. So with all of that said, JC, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's interesting for a couple reasons. One is because... I appreciate that he's acknowledging it publicly. I I like that he wants the sort of burden of it, for lack of a better way to say it. I like that he wants people to know that, hey, this is on my shoulders now. I mean, this is, you know, he's 28 years old, right? Like that's, that's the point in life where I feel like, you know, if you've got a good foundation about yourself and you feel like you've got firm footing, you feel more confident in sort of assuming those leadership roles and saying, hey, yeah, it's all me. Like I can handle this, you know, instead of deferring out the responsibility. So there's a human element to it, too. But I like that he's coming out and saying it publicly. But we think that, you know, just because these guys are are great at their sport or great at their craft and, you know, they get paid a lot of money that they're not afraid or necessarily, you know, it's it's their immediate nature to just be all inspirational around the people that that they spend time with. And 
some people are like that, JC, but a lot of people are not. And so maybe this is just part of Anthony Davis's growth, not only as a player, but also as an individual. Yeah, he, he needs to step up in, in a few ways, and being a more vocal leader is probably doing that. Like, he hasn't been a very great shooter, and I know sometimes when you're not shooting very well, it's hard to kind of be that leader. But, yeah, he needs to, to realize that, that it, it should be him doing most of the talking when LeBron's not there. Yeah, I mean, I think it should be him doing a lot of the talking when LeBron is there as well. I mean, that's 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 the reality of it, right? And, like, I don't know. he AD, AD's press conference after the game was interesting, mo- mostly because he started off by basically saying, like, LeBron texted him saying he didn't know he was going to make it. And then 12 seconds later, oh, but he's asymptomatic and he's fine. Like, he kind of reversed course on that. And I was like, whoa, that's, like, quite a, a difference from, you know, not sure if you're going to be alive to – I'm asymptomatic and I'm fine. But, you know, I think that's just part of Anthony Davis finding his voice, so to speak. And I think and I think that that's, you know, the ability for him to take on that burden is an important one, not only for his growth, but especially for this team and especially in this period of time, JC. So I'm encouraged by that and I'm and I'm encouraged by what he had to say in terms of his desire to want that, because like we said, it's going to be built around him. And it's going to be built around him for the short term, but especially the long term future. And now that the Lakers have some, you know, I mean, to the greatest extent feasible anyway, JC, the Lakers have some level of momentum here. They have won a game, which is wonderful, a game that they should win, to be honest with you. So they have now won two games in a row. And if they win their next one, they'll officially be on a winning streak at three in a row. If the Lakers do win their next game, They'll be among the teams with the longest winning streaks in the entire Western Conference. Now, the Suns have won 17 games. The Suns started 1-3 and three and have won 17 games since. I mean, it's been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but at the, same, at the same time, the Lakers still find themselves in the playoff picture because the Western Conference sucks, and it's going to continue to suck toward the bottom. But the Lakers need to, to really establish themselves during this period, I think. They've got a couple of big games coming up versus the Clippers, versus Celtics, teams that are comparable talent levels. And the Lakers can sort of reprove their, their standings, especially if they're able to be successful without LeBron. And we saw that last night. And so much of it was effort, but it was also so much getting to the rim, JC. And that's what I definitely wanted to make sure we didn't miss on in this podcast is the Lakers and, and those two are directly correlated, right? Effort and getting to the rim. They didn't settle for so many jump shots. They still took 28 threes, but they made 11 of them much better than taking 45 Lakers still shot 50% as a team. I mean, getting to the rim, forcing the pressure, getting to the foul line. That's what will make this team successful. JC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to want to be the three point shooting team that you think you are, you can't do that without driving to the basket first. And so, yeah, once they do that, uh, and and that's helped Russ uh, shoot a little bit more efficiently as well. No doubt. I mean, and, and those who have been frustrated by Russ to continue to blame him at this point for the for the Lakers' uh, inability to put it together, Russ has not been the problem in the last handful of games. Now, I know it's only been a handful of games, and I acknowledge that very much, but Russ has not been the problem in the last handful of games. I need THT to be better, though, JC. Uh, he has to figure it out. Otherwise, he should be sitting on the bench for this team right now. Yeah, he seems to ride very hot or cold based on his his confidence level sort of seems to be reactive to how he's shooting and it should kind of be the other way around. He should just be supremely confident all the time and play that way and whether he's missing or making them, I think misses will start to be more consistent if he just stays more and more confident. 
young, young man, you got $30 million from the Lakers. Be confident in yourself. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, one of the most, <laughs> most, one of the most historic franchises in the entire universe has invested $30 million into you because they believe in you, man. That should be all of the, all the sort of motivation that you need. But I know it can be a head game when it gets in between your ears. So I totally understand it from you, JC. Anything in particular you think this Lakers team should try and figure out beyond what we've discussed? Because the only thing I can think about is I sit here and look at this box score, JC, and we saw a surprise Rajon Rondo appearance in this most recent win versus Sacramento. Played nine minutes, JC. He was a plus 19 in nine minutes, which, I mean, that's got to be it's got to be among the best marks we've seen this season. I'm sure there's some, been some real statistical oddities out there, but a plus 19 in his nine minutes, he really impacted the game. Is there a role for him on this team, or is it just going to be kind of on an as-needed basis? I think he's going to be on kind of an as-needed basis. I think I think he's right on pace to be playoff Rondo that we need him to. Like we'll need him to be playoff Rondo for you know three or four games potentially. And yeah, when he comes, like he's he's played great the last couple of games that he's played. There's still a little bit of an issue when he's going to be on the court at the same time as Russell Westbrook and that. They can't really play with each other yet. I don't know if they ever will be able to. I think they're kind of forced into, into that. But that is, yeah. that is not the backcourt I think we would any of us would like to see. And it's so funny, man, because you know you think about p- putting that backcourt in the same. I mean, <laughs> this team is perfect for 2012 and 2013. I mean, it's just comical. And I'm not saying they can't be successful now, but it's just comical. But you think about pairing those guys at that point. It's like, man, these are two great players, but they just neither one of them can shoot. And maybe they can survive it. But in this this day and age, this NBA man, I mean, just no. I, I that that is limiting Rondo's appeal on this team for sure. But I think that there is an opportunity for him to uh, to take some minutes back in the right sort of schemes, especially if THT's minutes are on the wane, depending on if the Lakers can get some help at the wing. So JC, probably by the next time that we're able to get together on the same pod, the Lakers will have played a couple of games coming up here. Next game for the Lakers is on Friday uh, against the Clippers. Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll be able to chat before then. So we're going to have at least one one game before our next pod, before taking on the Celtics the following week as the Lakers prepare to cruise into the holidays. JC, can the Lakers put their foot down against the Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard? That shouldn't be too tall of a task, should it? Not too tall of a task. It's definitely a winnable game. Uh, they've got almost the same record as the Lakers do. And, yeah, if if you could just put the clamps down on Paul George, then the rest of the team is fairly manageable. We shall see how it goes for the Lakers, JC. You can follow us on Twitter. He is at JCDeLeon1. I am at Ethan underscore Noroff. And, of course, now on Twitter, you can follow us at EthosLakers, E-T-H-O-S, Lakers. JC, it's been great. We look forward to more Lakers wins, hopefully the beginning of a win streak. And the next time we're able to chat with our listeners, we're talking about a team that can finally start to escape the cusps of the grasp that is 500 and move forward with their season, even if it's without LeBron James in the interim. Until next time, we out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.